Every home has some rules. They may be inferred or they might be posted, but focusing too much on the rules isn't a good thing. To quote from Josh McDowell, rules without relationship leads to rebellion. I'm John Fuller, joined by our Vice President of Parenting here, Dr. Danny Huerta. And let's go ahead and hear now from Connie Albers. She's the mom of five adult children, and she gave Jim Daly and me some excellent thoughts for keeping the relationship strong with your kids and still having some rules. Connie, welcome to Focus on the Family. Thank you so much for having me. It's a delight to be with you. Are you kidding? We're desperate. We needed you. <laughs> hey, in this culture, right? <laughs> it's uh, really good to have you here, Connie. We've got 14 questions we well, want to ask you. Well, we First, have a you lot to talk and about. And... <laughs> no kidding. But let's start with the title, Parenting Beyond the Rules. Okay, some are going, finally, that sounds so good. And then others, maybe some dads, what? How can you parent without rules? rules? Are good. But you're not saying that. That's so right. So describe what you're saying there, parenting beyond the rules. Right. You know, I do get that. Does that mean, Connie, that you don't have any rules? I'm like, Please, no. because that would be a lot easier. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, no, it's not that we don't have rules, limits, and boundaries. We do have rules, limits, and boundaries. However, the goal is to raise children who want to have a relationship with us. Why do we miss that? Uh, we talk about that a lot on the program now. I think Christian households, when we have, I mean, PhD therapists in here, and we're talking about this, it's one thing to believe that. It's another thing to do it. Yeah, it's living it out is hard. Part of it is control. I mean, when the children are younger, what do we do? We tell them exactly what we're going to do, when we're going to do it, how we're going to do it. But then all of a sudden, they don't want to do it like that anymore. You make them <laughs> French toast for breakfast, their favorite meal, and they wake up and they go, I don't like French toast. You're like, but that's your favorite meal. I don't like it. And you're sitting there thinking, what is going on? I made your favorite thing. You're so ungrateful. And you end up into this power and control. And it's not about control. It's just about, I think you said it earlier, John, you said you want to be 16-year-old. They want to grow up. And they're sometimes thrashing and flailing around like you mentioned the whitewater i just view it as you know everybody's in the boat and you're paddling as hard as you can and some of them want to jump out and the others fall out but we're still trying to reach them and throw them back in the boat no, so that so we true. can get there yeah that's the so key. that's the whole purpose is i really want parents to have a relationship and realize that we make the rules the limits and the boundaries we can adjust them yeah that's fair mm -hmm. uh, you had a vision for your children before they were teenagers uh, how did that vision casting go when they entered the teen years. Oh, it went it went well. And largely because I became a student of my children. That's critical. I talk about that in the book where you have to know the child that you have. I have a left brain and a right brain. Some people, you know, that's the logical sequential. And then I have the artistic child. Talking to them has to be very different. And I just started realizing I speak to one in one way and I speak to another in another way. Not because they're not capable of understanding, but because it's I'm trying language. to, yes, I'm trying to get them yeah. to hear the words that I'm saying and not make this into a power struggle, a control thing. Yeah. Uh, and that's the whole point of it. Yeah. One of the challenges there can be, you know, again, one of your children may line up very good with your natural communication style as a parent. So that seems to be really easy. Johnny always gets it. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but Betty, you know, I struggle with Betty. I don't know her language. So it's really good to become a student. But speak to that, that need even more deeply 
because I think also what happens in that relationship is you can get irritated because you're not speaking the same language, even though you're both speaking the language. Right, right. You know, when we do go and approach our children and we think about it, I one of the most important factors is knowing the why. What's the objective? What's the goal? What's the outcome that you're trying to go for? Um, when you talked about I vision cast for my family. I call it, and the the cover of the book, for those that haven't seen it, it's a paintbrush with paint swaths and different colors on it. And that's very symbolic of the whole, we've got to paint pictures of possibilities for our children. Hmm. And I hear some parents say, forget the whole possibilities, just you know, live we just in the to put where. the dishes in the dishwasher. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> <laughs> Can they do that? If we could do that. But, you know, it's more than that. When you paint a picture of possibility of what your family can look like, when the children don't have to come home, and they start to see you're on their side, you're their greatest cheerleader, they're less likely to resist. And when you paint a picture of possibilities for the kids, and you're casting that vision all of a sudden, they start to view you in a different light. Yeah. Not not that you're not mom and dad, and you still you know lay down the law, but that you're a person who's got their best interest at heart. Yeah, let me let me push on this a bit. Okay. Uh, that cheerleading comment is an interesting one to me. Is cheerleading freely given or is it earned? Oh, absolutely not earned. It's freely given. Okay, I just want to make sure parents are hearing that because oh, again, no. temperaments play into this. Some parents are wired a different way. And you're going to get my cheers when you earn my cheers. Otherwise, it feels artificial. That becomes a very conditional environment that your kids all of a sudden learn, if I dance the right way, then mom and dad or mom or dad like me or love me. And that the child that's given toward people-pleasing, those become the children that are easiest to raise because they know exactly what the standard is and they know what to say and how to say it. But the child who is more of your adventurer, your risk-taker, your leader— And see, strong-willed, I just think that's a future leader who just needs to be guided. No, I agree with that. And so when we we think about how we're working with them in that capacity, I have to step back and say to the mom and dad, if you know why you're doing it and where you're going, which hence the vision casting, I tell parents that when you're sitting there and you're thinking about in your own mind, where are you trying to go? Like, I did not come from a great upbringing. So for me, Mm -hmm. I did not want to repeat history. It wasn't that um, I love my family. It's just that I knew there had to be a better way. Danny, there's kind of a thread in recent episodes of being a cheerleader for your child, encouraging them um, and influencing them to be uh, better behaved, if you will. So what's your response to this idea of cheerleading so they're less rebellious. <laughs> well, it doesn't mean uh, being permissive. Sometimes uh, parents mistake being a cheerleader. Uh, it means to allow for everything to happen and, and making my child happy. Yeah, there are some parents that err yeah. er on that side, right? Yeah, so it's warmth uh, with guidance along the way. Uh, it was funny, just a recent conversation I had with, we, we were having a Bible study at the house with the youth, and my daughter had invited some friends, and we did the who gets a vote in your life moment. That's, right? a, the that, inner that's circle. such a great concept, by the way. Yeah, so the inner circle, the outer circle. And I, I went through the circles with my daughter afterwards. I was like, hey, I'm curious to see who made it into the middle circle, the outer circle. And that middle circle are the people that have the most influence on your life. And, and you're asking the kids to be very thoughtful about who says what into your life. What do you accept and what do you reject? Yeah, positive or negative. And so I didn't make it in the inner circle. Oh, so I had seriously? To, yeah, so I had to ask. I said, hey, 
what happened? How do I get back in there? What, 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 what happened here? And it was just a playful moment. And my son came in and he goes, wait, dad, I've got you in the middle circle. What are you talking about? So it was a great conversation around this where my daughter told my son, you mean to tell me that when your friends start cheering you on, it carries the same weight than if dad is cheering you on at the basketball game? My son said, yeah. And so we had a moment. My, uh, I said, so, honey, for you, it's not the same, huh? So when your friends are cheering you on. That's you, really a It's deal. real life giving. And for me, it's like, yeah, I, you know, he loves me. And I had to accept that. And, and I said, I still love you, Lexi. Thanks for being honest. That's, it makes sense. It's okay. And so make sure when you have those moments with your kids, of, when you're the cheerleader, maybe it doesn't carry as much weight. Hang in there. You're still guiding them. Show them warmth. Still cheer for them. And uh, what my daughter did tell me, that was special, she said, when, when I hear a genuine thing, like if you're good at something, Dad, like basketball, and I do well at basketball, that carries a lot of weight. But when I'm doing silks and you say, hey, great job on that move, but you're not that good at silks, it doesn't carry as much weight as my coaches or my friends that are in it. I, I said, can kind of see you that. You know what? That makes total sense, yeah. Lexi. Thanks for sharing that. So realize that there may be some things you're good at as a parent, and those things as you're cheering your kids on and that, they're looking for that affirmation from you. Things that you don't know so well, it may not carry as much weight. So long-term, is there any way you get back in the middle of the circle? Yeah, we, we talked about that. And she said, well, Dad, sometimes you're in there and then sometimes you're not. The reality is I, I really value a lot what my friends say. And I told her that's normal for this stage mm -hmm. of life. You're a teenager and it's almost like survival for you to have that affirmation and belongingness with your friends. I'm yeah. not offended by it. It's great that I still have uh, that. I'm still part, part of the circles. And, and, uh, and, and I love being able to have influence on you. Uh, and there's, there's no magic uh, way to get into the middle other than uh, just to continuing to have trust and knowing that you can't go middle and outer, middle and outer, and it can just depend on the activity, the moment, where your relationship is at. Uh, there's so many factors yeah. that affect the movement within those and circles. And what, what I want our listeners to understand is there's no one right answer all the time yeah. for how the relationship goes. What I hear you saying is, I've got a good enough relationship with my daughter, and she's thoughtful enough to know I am not a primary influence in some things, and that's life. But we're connected, and there will be a season when what I say matters a whole lot more than what her friends say. Show up for all of it, right? Yeah, and on the main things, John, I know I have tremendous influence with her, and I feel safe there and confident enough. This isn't about her needing to respond in a way that says whether I'm a good or bad dad. It just shows where we're at relationally on yeah. our stage. And I know that the key things, like uh, the, when I'm talking about God or Scripture, the important things in life, I am a source of influence in her life, yeah. and that is so important. That's awesome. I just uh, love these conversations with you, Danny. And certainly the discussion we had with Connie Elbers is very good as well. Uh, in fact, check out Connie's book, Parenting Beyond the Rules. Um, we're making that available online. When you donate to the ministry, uh, we'll link over to a way for you to make a monthly pledge or a one-time gift and then request that book, Parenting Beyond the Rules. And then we have a free parenting assessment. We have talked about that a number of times here. If you haven't yet uh, taken 10 minutes and filled out the parenting assessment, do so. We're going to link over to it. 
and it's built around the seven traits of effective parenting. That's a tool that Danny and the team developed. It's a book that Danny has written. Um, The parenting assessment is invaluable as you go on the parenting journey, wherever you are, to the next stage. Uh, Take some time, fill it out, let us know what you think. Your child's faith is so important to us. I hope that comes through in these conversations. So next time, we'll have Natasha Crane sharing about ways she's learned to connect with her kids on a spiritual level. For now, on behalf of Dr. Danny Huerta and the entire team, thanks for joining us. I'm John Fuller, and this has been the Focus on the Family Parenting Podcast.